We love our cops when I'm on the run. I can call 911. Wait, also, I love that because if I'm on the run. <laughs> yeah, why yeah. would you call the cops if you're on the no, run? No, he's on the run from criminals. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> Antifa, Antifa is coming to be. Right, exactly, when they're coming to Mason. This rigid abstemiousness, Rick's putting him at a dietary distance from an electorate that still binges on carbohydrates and after eight years of a tea sipping president, craves a relatable eater in chief. Wow. That's the um, that's the Mikey Bar. That's Bar Mikey Bar. I'll never Bar forget that. That's the last words I'm going to say in my life. I'm 100 percent certain of that. How many people would use seatbelts if the subway offered them? I know I would. Also, <laughs> Michael Barbaro. <laughs> that's true. Oh my God, yeah. he did say that. Yeah. That is that's subway. ridiculous. Michael, stop moves. taking the subway. Dude, Michael's Bar Bar the Barb podcast is like insanely successful. Yeah. it's huge. Like, he's he's he has like millions. He was yeah. on like late night or something as a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy can afford to just Uber around Manhattan. It's amazing that I haven't heard a single snippet of the Mikey Barb podcast. I have. Because I'm blocked by him. But I am blocked. What he said was um, time for seatbelts on trains? I think so. <laughs> well, that Michael is Barbara, I, I said, uh, powerfully stupid. I, I tweeted stupid. Uh, the Michael Barbaro podcast rocks. You could tell that Newt Gingrich palpably despises him. <laughs> and Barbaro unblocked me to. Uh, reply to it and be like, "Well, I don't think that's true, but thank you." And then reblocked me. <laughs> he needed to. He, just, he needed to correct the record that Newt Gingrich does like him. But He's if you worried that people don't know that Newt fucking Gingrich, that toad, that stack of suet, <laughs> likes him. No one's gonna think I'm. We talked cool all the way back Newt on episode. We like talked me. all the way back on episode three of this show about how Mikey Barb's was like high school chums with Ross Douthat. Yes, yeah. and like yeah. like like. Yeah, yeah, his best man is at Ross's wedding. Yeah. yeah. So, for anyone who said Ross Douthat is homophobic, uh, I would just like to point you to his best friend, Mikey yeah, Barb. Mikey Barb's, yeah. yeah. Mikey Barb's, uh, yeah. I read this BuzzFeed article about him, about when his uh, podcast was first launching. The entire article is like, Michael Barbaro's podcast is the greatest thing I've ever listened to. And they have like <laughs> Barbaro <laughs> gifts, and I'm like, how wait, the fuck did you get those? They wait, have gifs of him cringing in different positions? <laughs> they have just one Mikey Barb gif, and they just repeat it throughout the article. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you're right. treated to the same, like, bare facial expression each time. Like, just he is a slight like, crease. He is an affectless mouth. creep. What are you What, what are, are you, you talking giving? about? That no one with that facial hair is affectless. Yeah. Yeah. That's at least one affect. No, it's, I mean, like, emotional. With that, with that facial hair and, no, the, and those he glasses. No, he has no emotional affect. He, has, he is very affected. Obviously, he looks like a Hunger Games character. He's affected by everything around him. His only like, crime is being too sensitive. He's Pixar, gener- like he's computer generated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like the cut on the on his beard. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, there is a like there is no Venn diagram between people who love the Michael Barbro podcast and adults who are way into Pixar. It's like the same <laughs> circle, and for the same reasons, it's like they're both for children. And they both like make you feel good with some uncertain fucking bullshit moral that's like, you know, the parents should be nice to their kids, but kids should go, go on adventures. I, Who gives a fuck? I like Holy the, shit. I uh, like the Pixar movie that explained emotions. Because yeah, that, that was, was a message one. for adults and children. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. since it ripped off Herman's head. That's <laughs> right, Pixar. I fucking see you. I love that when people Justice are Justice like, for William Ragsdale. I love that when people are like, these Pixar movies have good stuff for adults and kids. And it's like, well, every adult movie since 2003 has been like some Michelle Gondry takeoff bullshit where it's like, 
you know, what if there was a town people lived in where they could only be sad during winter? It's like everything's a children's movie for fucking idiots We're right, because we're all just children. Yeah. It's true. Oh, uh, that Mikey Barr BuzzFeed article has vexed me for months now because it just it makes it makes no sense. Like this is something an alien wrote, and it's it, it, it. I would guess that it's paid for that it's some kind of advertorial, but it's just too. No, no it's, it's not. not. It's not. Listen to this. Uh, each episode is only 15 to 23 minutes long and tackles one or two stories from the news that week. If, like me, you listen to it every day on your commute, you've noticed that something's going on with Michael. Uh, then, like, a, a yes, picture accurate. of a celebrity at the Oscars. Yes. He is wilding out and letting his proverbial hair down. <laughs> oh, my, my pussy big as... My pussy big as... <laughs> wilding out, yo. His journey Mikey from... Mikey Barnes is snatching weaves, y'all! <laughs> his journey from standard reserved radio journalist to radio personality is well underway. Episode by episode, Michael's been letting us in on the man behind the state-of-the-art microphone from his increasingly elongated banter with reporters. And this is a picture of him with a quotation, thank you for letting me call you so late, which I guess is a oh, that's catchphrase. catchphrase. This is the picture, the, the emotionless oh picture God. that just appears over and over again on this article to the, to the development of a catchphrase. And it's the same picture with a different quote. Like we say on this show, sometimes life gets in the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do be like that, though. And who, deep, who could forget the March 30 episode, a.k.a. the Cole episode, a.k.a. the episode where Michael tears up? Do you mean every second of every episode? <laughs> every time he has to walk by a black barbershop? <laughs> He's not afraid to get the feels. Then another one of these pictures. Oh, oh, with the quotation, oh, I'm having a very strong reaction. <laughs> I mean, this is baffling. This is going to be a euphemism. This is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Pixar this, creatures have come to life and are slowly trying to grasp human interactions and, and presentations. Who could forget the episode where Michael said, okay, let's get the show started, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blandest thing he could be saying. I, Speak, I, I, have, we, have we been recording, by yes, the way? Okay. So uh, let's get the show started, oh, folks. <laughs> I want to officially start the show with another congratulations to MAGA God Emperor Donald Trump. Fulfilling another campaign promise. Graydon Carter resigned, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right, motherfucker. Woo. Have fun at your bad food restaurants now, retired bitch. We look, Graydon Carter, for those of you who don't know, Donald Trump ran on this. That Graydon Carter, the longtime editor of Vanity Fair, who dressed like the professor from Gilligan's Island and behaved like Mr. Peanut when he would go on real time with Bill Maher. <laughs> I like how you referred to him as uh, cocaine Benjamin Franklin. Also looks like that. You know, he was he was uh, one of those Canadian guys who pretends to be a wasp from 70 years ago, and he'd go on Bill Maher, and Bill would be like. Frankly, I think the Republicans should get laid. <laughs> and 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 Great and Carter would be like, I think they are just with each other. <laughs> and the people were like, Oh, this is cool for some reason. But anyway, like, who gives a shit? Except for Trump and his voters, who have finally defeated Trump's long-term enemy, another like pompous dumbass from yeah. New York. I can't wait. I, I just want him to helicopter onto the into the trailer park of some guy in rural Ohio whose three kids have all died of fentanyl overdoses <laughs> and hasn't had a steady job in three decades. Be like, folks, Graydon Carter, he's gone. Yeah. I'm making it happen for you. The, you are joking, but they're all going to do that today. <laughs> We're going to be like, yeah, another one defeated. We fucking did it, dude. They're all going to care about New York media gossip yep. now, like Trump and the best part is John Kelly, who spent 
probably at this point 90% of his life murdering civvies to get to this point. Yeah. He is fingering his uh, ear necklace while Trump is talking about getting snubbed by Liza Minnelli at Studio 54. <laughs> I mean, that is the... Uh, uh, Matt, I was talking to you, uh, with this with, about you. Uh, sorry. Matt, I was talking with you about this the other day, but I guess that is sort of the funny part about the idea that like sort of a soft coup has taken place where... Pretty much the triumvirate of generals is now in charge of the executive branch of the White House between Mattis, McMaster, and Kelly, which is deeply disturbing, but they all have to babysit and put up with this absolute dullard man-child. Oh, my God. Three generals and a baby. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like when every rich family has, like, an elderly scion whose just mind is completely gone, but they're all fighting over his inheritance. Yeah. Scion. uh, Yeah. No, that's a great car. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, uh, instead, yeah, like that, their warfare is just who can listen to his fucking bullshit stories <laughs> the longest. And it's like, that's the real house of cards. Just sitting while some old dumbass is just telling you everyone who was ever anything but nice to him in his life. Just remembering all of it. And then being like, oh, yeah, I guess you can uh, invade Turkey. Wait, which place were we talking about again? Um, Oman, what? And he doesn't, you know, Trump ever does anything to settle these scores. Now that he's the most powerful person in the world with his massive you know, national security apparatus, he's still just whining. Yeah, about it's amazing. Like, like Nixon had an enemies who, list, and those motherfuckers got surveilled. They got audited. Like, he's on those records saying, we've got to get the IRS on these motherfuckers. And Trump is just like, oh, oh, it's just so mean to me. Yeah, because it's like, Matt, what you said about how he can now grift for billions, but his brain is just, his imagination is so small, he can't even think to do that. Yep. So he just does the same shit he's always doing yeah, with, like, overcharging rent. He can, like, do anything to fuck up anyone's life now, but he's like, oh, I'm going to make them look bad in the New York Post. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the difference between Nixon and Trump is they have similar persecution complexes and paranoia, but one of them, you know stepped over a fucking pile of corpses to get there, spent his entire life a singular focus of being president, and the other one just stumbled dick-first pantsless <laughs> down a hill and rolled into the White House. Trump. He doesn't really have the grasp of what power is the way that Nixon did. I, do, I guarantee you Trump, as the president of the United States, is giving blind items to the New York Post gossip columnist. 100%. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he calls Haberman, and then he calls the Post. That's on his morning call sheet every day. Other, you know, other people have uh, have brought this up, but I think sort of for a forgotten chapter of uh, the Trump saga before he was president on Twitter was his obsession with uh, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson's yeah, relationship yeah, during the yeah, Twilight movies, where, where he kept trying to coach Robert Pattinson, but like she will cheat on you again and again like a dog. Robert, <laughs> wake up! Dogs are constantly turning lesbian. <laughs> uh, that I mean. This is the thing we were thinking about. Folks, folks, she's off in France doing movies with Olivier Assayas. Bad. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) He's overrated, folks. So uh, I guess uh, to to, uh, uh, connect to the issue of uh, Trump stumbling downhill dick first, um, you know, in in a barrel into the White House (laughs) with just his dick sticking out of just a single hole in the barrel rolling down a hill and just like fucking every divot on the way down. of course, partly that's due to um, his opponent and the people surrounding her. And to that oh, end, she been in the news lately. What yeah, was her name? <laughs> yeah. To that end, we got to talk about uh, just a, a, fo- a follow up, a follow up to uh, our most recent show, 
which we actually recorded before we got the official Dow shout out. We we had no like we we saw that after we recorded our Verit episode, and I gotta say, Peter's still at it. He's like he's in the like midst right now of an exquisite run on he's, Twitter. He's, like, oh he's, my God. he's going Super Saiyan in front of our eyes. <laughs> it is the <laughs> most like, oh! impressive, <laughs> yeah. just sustained freak out I think I've but ever. But here's seen. the thing, like. What I love about Chapo and what I love about the show is our many, many enemies that we faced on the show who have really all become characters. They've all become recurring characters in the Chapo canon and mythos. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about Peter is I'd say out of all of them, I would say he's our most worthy adversary because he, he recognizes our power and he even said as much yesterday. Let's he, let's play that clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's the that's the best thing is that he's like blocked all of us. <laughs> we should read the clips, the the tweets because they really are amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm he's, looking. He's at like his, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Under Siege yes. talking to Seagal. <laughs> uh, it, it's like the thing where people are Peter, like, we're both part of the same hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been an enemy of Casey Ryback, but even he admits my loyalty. To <laughs> oh, Brendan, no, do, Brendan doing he, the old going on incognito mode to read the Peter <laughs> Dow tweets. Um, no, Peter said, uh, "Is that just Peter mode at this?" Peter point? said he's one of the. Uh, <laughs> Peter said uh, he's one of the only Democrats who re- recognizes our power. Oh yeah, man. I was gonna say my favorite. My favorite one is is last night. He was in the midst of like a huge thing where he's like, "Fascinating thing I'm seeing with the unhinged reaction to Verrett in the mainstream media is how little they understand Clinton voters." Last year, I said coverage of Hillary was sexist. Virtually every elite media male jumped down my throat. Same guys bashing Verrett. Yawn. (laughs) And then here's the 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 denouement is when he says, "Night Twitter friends." Thoughts with everyone affected by hashtag Irma, and thank you for your unwavering strength in the face of needless hate. <laughs> Who is he talking to? Uh, like all the Hillary all voters the, all in the, all, Florida. All the Hillary voters in Florida. He, he gets yeah. a lot of he gets a lot of interaction on his posts. Like there are thousands of Peter Dow fans, mm. as there should. Well, be. Well, here's the thing: it's that I mean, I think we have a good show. I think we have a show I, that has had a positive contribution to American politics. But I'd say, like, let's be real, a, a minor one. I mean, we're not a huge force. And I think that the reason Peter is one of the few Democrats who recognizes our power is because he's so psychotically online <laughs> that he has been warped by what he sees. And I think that's sort of the common denominator is the people who are most obsessed with us as a locus of evil, be they far lefties or the alt-right dipshits or Peter, are that they are extremely online yes. and as such our outsized place there gives them an outsized understanding of our influence in the world at large. And what do all of these ideologies have in common? They all think posting is warfare. Indeed. And, and, and But yeah, I love the thing where people are like, it's like what people first wrote about Steve Bannon with like, he's a dark Machiavellian genius. And the quote from Bannon in the article was like, Honey badger what, don't yeah, care. Yeah, honey, uh, what if, uh, what if Darth, what if Dark Vader Red Sun Tzu. That's me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's like with us, we're like half of our shows are just like, yeah, dude, we watched this fucking TV show from 12 years ago. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the intro to every show is like 
Matt telling me my place is filthy and Virgil being like, there's a situation in the bathroom. <laughs> and then they listened and they're like, oh my God, this is part of their plot to institute the new racism plank on the DNC. <laughs> um, he, he, here's a couple uh, standout moments of Peter's last 24 hours of contracting the rage virus from 28 <laughs> days later. Uh, so Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, um, you know, citing that Washington Post article by Philip Bump, you know, it's kind of a classic uh, old, old chopping bump character. If you dump. Yeah. Uh, and Philip was relatively, uh, yeah, he was relatively demeaning about uh, Peter's new well, venture. Well, everyone was dunking on him. Yeah. And Fucking so... B- Sparrow was dunking on him. Yeah. Parenthetically, if it's a war between Peter Dow and Josh Barrow, I'm on Team Dow 100% of Absolutely. it. Oh, no, no, no. Agreed. I'll fucking lock and load yeah. my Uzi to fight with him against yeah. that Spec piece Peter. of shit. So, so but Glenn... Um, links to that article says the good reviews for the Hillary endorsed Verit are pouring in, you know, a little sarcasm there. That's not very constructive. Peter <laughs> quotes him and goes, Glenn, you're smart enough to know these reviews are meaningless to Verit's core community. In fact, they only help cement our value. <laughs> okay. So it's just, uh, and then, and then there's, uh, Another one where he's going straight at Philip goes, I love how these male media elite types like Philip Bump circle the wagons. They can dish it, but get all prickly when you call them out. Yeah, I love these alpha males in the media like <laughs> Philip Bump. <Yeah. laughs> Philip Bump, the Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. I, think, I think Peter is smart enough to know that all of these people voted for Hillary Clinton. Yes. 100%. yes. Uh, like, of course they did. This is the best one, though. We haven't mentioned it yet. Is that completely out of the blue, last night... Peter simply tweets, you two at Sopandeb, yep. who's a reporter at CNN, or uh, I guess now he's a he's reporter at the, at the New York Times. Times. Yeah. He goes, you two, Sopandeb? At wow. two, Sopandeb? Yeah. Wow. If anyone has any doubt why Hillary was trashed in the press, look no further than the reaction to Verrett. And then Sopandeb replies, completely baffled, uh, did I say something about Verrett? And Peter responds, you like to tweet from an account <laughs> with a mock Verrett insulting me. <laughs> Like, oh my god! This is and he like no one knew that until Peter pointed out. Yeah. Like he's of course, amplifying. It's like. Yeah, it's he's a like you don't yeah. see that unless you look for it. He's fucking Captain Queeg if he'd worked at a Long John Silver. <laughs> Peter, that is some like guerrilla shit in the online warfare that is posting. That's uh, spending three days crawling through a swamp with just a sniper rifle to. Uh, uh, get soap deb. Oh my god, dude, he is in the Viet Cong tunnels right now, which are checking well, faves. Again, like, yeah, what's what's awesome about all this is again, like we said about uh, Nira, like Peter was expecting to be in the Clinton White House, yeah. and like with the election. Like, I think a combination of us and the election have just made all of these people's brains so powerful, well, so I'll, powerful yeah. that they're like. Uh, they it came up with um, a, a media platform that is provides codes to authenticate <laughs> success memes for Hillary Clinton fans. Yeah, yeah. The ones, and, and arguing and, and arguing it's not with, interactive. You can't submit anything. It's just here's a bunch of quotes, and then you can punch the code in to see the quotes that are already on here. That's it. Why did a man throw his clock out the window? Punch in code seven three six two five one for the punchline. The ones that aren't. Success memes, uh, they remind me of when Jeb Bush in New Hampshire spent $300 million <laughs> on a billboard on their big interstate that just said, Donald Trump is unhinged, Jeb Bush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're pretty boring. But if you go on the dark web, you can get like the really the the, the behind the scenes. com. Like the really <laughs> good stuff, like, like all of the Crush verified videos. quotes. Up from Gandhi about eating pussy that you can't find anywhere else. So yeah, get get Tor 
and then the, your Verit experience comes alive. Well, what's kind of odd about Peter's multi-day meltdown is it's coming on the heels of like what is probably the most attention his site will ever get, like its biggest yes, possible right. endorsement. You'd think he'd be, you know, just kind of like taking a victory lap or something instead of arguing with like uh, guys with screen names like Pig Poop Rolls. I think, that, but the thing is, I think that he thro- he needs that. He needs the the haters. I think he's, yeah. he's such an attack dog. He doesn't have really an ideology. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a plan for the future. No. All he does is defend Hillary, and you can only defend Hillary if someone's attacking her. So if people stopped attacking Hillary in his mind, he would go insane. He'd be like one of those sled dogs who you keep in the backyard and gnaws his own paws off mm. because he's so bored. He needs someone attacking Hillary. So it's putting up Verit is just giving himself the workout of freaking out about people attacking Hillary. So it's never even supposed to be like a serious media venture no. just to begin with. This is just um, posting. This yeah, is just, this is just a long It's just post. giving him material to post because about. Verit is, I think at some level he acknowledges that Verit is just a shitty WordPress blog and something that will stop posting in approximately two weeks. Yeah. Oh my well, god, I, mean, like, I just I, I, I just realized something. What was the first false flag of our lifetimes? Uh, 9-11? 9-11. No, what Columbine. Oklahoma City. The Columbine was just cool. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, we were all alive for Oklahoma City, I hope. That oh, was the Challenger a false flag. explosion. Okay, I'm talking about the best false flag <laughs> okay. of our lifetime. Okay, I mean 9-11. What happened on 9-11 a year ago? We all think oh, that Hillary right. collapsed because it was a sweltering 70 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> but what if, like, the last 9-11, it was an inside job, but not by Israelis, by one Lebanese man <laughs> who made, he drugged Hillary so people would make fun of her so he could so defend, he could defend her. her. Yeah. Yes. Wow. He was like, oh, Peter Industrial lose, and then he'd be able to defend her. For oh, my God, the Peter Industrial so, Complex. So he could, de- so he could defend her. On, in that one instance, in the most hilarious way possible, which is lie about the weather that was simultaneously experienced by about 30 million people on the East Coast of the United States. And so he good. used the phrase, and he used the phrase, even better or as good as bad food restaurants, outdoor summer hoops. Oh <laughs> that was one God. of my favorite tweets of all time. And this is the thing, like, this thing, like, Peter is, I think, our, our best adversary. We, like, Peter, Peter is, we love Peter. He's amazing. We hate, we love our, love, folks, folks, Peter. we love our Peter. We love Peter. How would you like Peter, it folks. if we were all friends with Peter? I, like, okay, we hate, we fucking hate the calculating, uh, weak, cowardly, backbiting, conniving, uh, mer- uh, bloodless shit. Bloodless DNC. But Peter is the opposite of that. Peter He's has fire. too much blood. He's fire. <laughs> yeah, Pure passion. Everyone else on the Clinton campaign and Clinton world is just like a little backbiting shit who will just get you fired for shit and just cruel and has no beliefs. But yeah, Peter doesn't really have any ideology, but he does have a belief. In but he's, he's motivated by by human feelings and psychology. Yeah. I think you described him as like a pension character. He is. In that like his mother was the basis for a character in Fear of Erica yes, John's Fear of Flying. Which was astounding yeah, to I, find I, out. I, I, I think I vaguely knew that, but then I read Alex's piece about the Peter Dow behind the music, and it was incredible. Holy there's fuck. A, there's a section in Fear of Flying where she describes, it's like a thinly veiled memoir, and Erica Zhang describes her sister's husband, Peter's father, as like stroking her leg under the table and like asking for a blowjob in their, in their family home. Very normal. Psychology. Um, yeah, there's so much psychology. As to the, I think, very salient point about his lack of ideology... And even his lack of ambition in this case, because 
it's not like he's lobbying for a position in the DNC or some institution within the Democratic Party. He's just doing this for Hillary and Hillary alone. Maybe he thinks that she will come back someday like Christ and he'll be, you know, assumed <laughs> like the administration. But uh, as evidence of that, I hope we all remember the tweet that I have to pull up again where he, this was uh, in March of this year, Peter tweeted, both Hugh Hewitt and Mike Cernovich, <laughs> quote, uh, or in parentheses, political views opposed to mine, uh, have complimented my loyalty to Hillary, <laughs> which, which, which Bernie diehards never do. Like, we, that's well, we're doing it right that. now. We're Peter. not, we're not yeah, Bernie diehards, but we, right but we do compliment people. Yeah, he loyalty. needs to hear yeah. this. Somebody needs to send this to him. We are genuinely impressed. This is a, we're like, we're all, we're all, uh, you know, we're the fucking last men of Nietzsche's nightmare. We are all husks. We have nothing within us, but you burn with the fire. Yes. You love Hillary. You do not doubt your love of Hillary. And it is genuinely in this postmodern hell world that we live in inspiring. People it's are very art. disloyal these days. And it's just fascinating to meet someone who is just so unselfishly loyal to mother. Yeah. It's like with Nira, you're like, oh, you're just a fucking beltway worm and you're working your way up here so you can do your two years and then. You know, fucking some company pays you $7 million to take Xanax in their office for the rest of your life. But, yeah, with Peter, it's like, what would he even have done if Hillary won? Because they wouldn't have put him in that White House, no. probably. They'd be like, all right, Peter, you have a new website to run. It's called, like, President Her or something. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> I can keep posting for her. <laughs> and it's like... You, he's like trash can man. Yeah, she's Randall Flag. <laughs> he's so he's so pure and his yeah. he's so alive. Only yes. only a beautiful soul and mind could have come up with the idea for Verit. Where literally everyone else <laughs> in the elite media is saying this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> the, 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 like there's no audience for this. What the fuck is this even do or for? I don't get it. I can't log into the site. It's not for you. <laughs> If, if you have those, those, if you have that's those, because they don't have the mind or the soul of a poster. <laughs> Peter yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. He's the only Hillary supporter who knows how to post, and I respect that. And yeah, so I'd say that this Verrett thing is another another thing that like raises Peter in my estimation. I'm genuinely impressed with him as a person. I feel like he's he shows himself every day to be somebody with real convictions and, and real passion. He's but a it doer. certainly does the opposite for my opinion, which wasn't already very good, of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, holy shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what a petty, just spiteful, entitled scumbag. Well, I don't see, there's really scum. nothing in it. She's scum. There's, scum. There, she could use her popularity to endorse all sorts of things. Like she could go on those pistachio commercials that have celebrities for some reason. <laughs> but instead she... Uh, I don't know, or, or tweet about um, the... 800,000 children of uh, immigrants that are being the, the information they gave to the government is yeah. now going to be uh, they volunteered yeah. to do the right thing is now literally going to be created into a database that will be used to round up and export them from America well, to the countries they probably was, maybe never, even, never even been to with me here. the thinking at the time was that Yes, even though a majority of governorships uh, across the country were Republican and the Republicans controlled both houses of Congress and would control both houses of Congress for uh, the foreseeable future, that Democrats would be president forever. So yes. it's that, No, that was that's Genius. the basis of all of their Obama's entire the the Democratic strategy of the Obama era was defined by okay, we're never going to be in charge at anywhere below the executive level, but That's what Nate Silver says. 
forever. Brendan, could you actually check Hillary Clinton's Twitter feed and has she said anything about DACA or I like mean, she must have. She, she maybe but, did. So but I don't between the Verit endorsement, just, just just check it out. I want to I want to fact check. I want a Verit code fact check. Ver- yeah, that, let's that get statement. a Verit code. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know be fair here. But uh, Virgil, I think on our last show you said I think you're exactly right. It displays a very telling but incredible lack of judgment on her part. I, I mean, I guess she's loyal to Peter that she would. You Why? Know, like, I, I know, right? he likes her. Yeah, she's but just she, like Trump in that way. She's just like fucking Trump in that way. There is no internal calculus to her. If you like her and are nice to her, it doesn't matter. If you're loyal. Yeah, it doesn't matter if your husband is just a horny fucking idiot who goes on like New York City Wi-Fi terminals to DM 15-year-olds <laughs> uh, you know, a picture of his bulge. It doesn't matter. <laughs> She'll put you up there, just give you access to anything to fuck up. If you're nice to her... She will just keep like, you on forever. Think about like the the, the the lack of judgment though. Like why would like what does that look like when you're we're a politician and you're like, here's an exciting new media venture whose only purpose is to glorify me. Well, we said that Donald Trump is like a Fox News grandfather. Well, Hillary is sort of like a uh, it's more of a upper no more middle solidly middle class phenomenon of the Facebook mom. Yes, who's Facebook mom. All. The posts aren't confrontational like the other Facebook people we talk about where it's just directly like, yeah, fuck you, Jer- Jerry Dunk. You fucking stole my headphones. You're gay. But <laughs> it, it's a more middle class thing of just being passive aggressive yeah. to other moms constantly about whose kid is better, yeah. you know, who fucking did some weird thing with the subdivision association She's in 1998. a member of like 30 neighborhood She just watches. posts yeah. her book that they paid her f- $25,000 a page for has just fucking Facebook memes people showed her. Yeah, I want to get about into that. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Just for the record, uh, the only two things that she has tweeted herself since the beginning of this month are um, a tweet that said, No time to waste. We've got to fight with everything we've got to defend DACA. Oh, thank oh, you, Hillary. That? And then I'm excited to sign up for Verit. Oh, those, are the, those are the <laughs> only two important. things. So they are 50-50. Okay, so, all right, 50-50. I was wrong about uh, Clinton. Good on her for, yeah. for using her platform to, to highlight DACA. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, like th- th- this whole thing, like, um, uh, with Verit. And, like, here, here's another way Peter has the, the soul of a poster. Is that, like, if, if, if he were to listen to this or any of our past two episodes where we're, we're making fun of Verit and talking about him... He would do like the classic posters move and be like, "Well, doing something right. I've made them angry." Yeah, you know, like or like, "Oh yeah," just be like, "I must be doing something right." They're talking about it. You know, oh, got Oh, they're. Oh, they make fun of Hillary all the time, but when it turns around on them, you know, they get very angry. Like, you know, he. Oh, he's he does, already been doing that. Yeah, he does saying, that. Shit. Like, all, like all of these articles dunking on him. He said today, "Wow, look at this. Look at him. Look at so I've triggered all these male reporters. Very telling. Yeah, it's like getting shit on is proof that." That you're somehow moving the needle in a way other than just humiliating yourself. And but, like, uh, yeah, and also like the the other the other thing with this is like uh, the thing they're talking about, like that 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 really angers these people is the is the idea that uh, they feel like there's this this feeling out there that Hillary Clinton needs to go away, and they're not wrong. She does. No, need she, to, no, she no, absolutely go does, away does need to go away forever. But it's like they want to have it both ways, where like. They want her to be like this national political figure, but like they also 
don't want anyone to criticize her or talk about, you know, her, her beliefs or behavior or anything like that. Yeah, that's the weird. Yeah, it's like she just needs to be accepted as this permanent fixture in American politics. But she is also beyond politics. She's just a sim. She's. A simultaneously like a partisan symbol of like the democratic party and the what the democratic party's morals are but it's and she's also just this avatar of just female empowerment that's totally disconnected well, yeah, she, from her politics she's like if beyonce had zero talents or charisma <laughs> and you know instead of uh, performing elaborate dances uh, to you know pop songs written, written by norwegians uh it, instead of doing that she performed a hysterical slapstick routine. Like we got to admit, Hillary Clinton gifted physical comedian. <laughs> Not <laughs> since Jerry Lewis yeah, have we seen yeah. someone stumble and flop their way yeah. right. and R. R. pass their way R. across <laughs> the America. lady, I may not be Dean Martin, but I'm gonna croon to you. <laughs> that thing, that thing that they they. That thing that got gift of her weird reaction when that woman interviewed her at some restaurant and she went like, Jerry yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lewis. I mean, that was a classic like double take. That was a classic like slapstick mid-century comedy double oh, take. Oh, dude, new Verit article. I can see it a year from now. Verit article, you know, hashtag 307-254-24601. Hillary Clinton's spinning bow tie. Squirting, <laughs> squirting seltzer on soap on Deb. Shows why she's the courage... Brave but like woman, I, some, someone like you know, one of our favorite gag, recurring gags on the show, are sort of incredibly square white liberals who now online and even in their real lives have taken to talking like you know in, in AAVE and talking like sassy black women. Yeah, they and don't someone feel actually, in no way tired. Someone the other tired. day uh, about. Um, uh, like found all these replies, like all those threads that was screen capping Hillary's book being like, oh my God, Hillary, a savage AF going in on Bernie. And then it's just like all these replies from these fucking white people who are just like, mm-hmm, I'm here for this girlfriend. And just like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you know, like, it's just like it's Hillary amazing. is like, Hillary is their, is their avenue in. You know, like that's their permission. It's like it's it's their hood pass. It's their black friend. Yeah, because they think because they in their minds, Hillary is the one person in America who's standing up for black people. Whether you know you're making fun of Verit or making fun of Hillary Clinton, like the move is always to say like when you're making fun of this incredibly powerful and like a, a woman who's been you know at the at the centers of American power like for decades now. If you're making fun of her, what you're really doing is making fun of marginalized groups. Yeah, they do it with uh, they did it with us constantly. Yeah, yeah we're, no, obviously. We're, yeah, we're, the like, thing that just will always baffle me about that is like these people were all alive adults in 2008 when yes. she ran the white nationalist dog whistle campaign they accused Bernie of. To the fucking letter that her campaign released the African garb picture. She talked about how she resonated more with hardworking Americans. She, she did the, the white working class in, in, in 2008. She absolutely did. She did the white working class thing to the fucking letter. Everything they said about Bernie's campaign was 100% what actually happened with her campaign Eight years ago. And so wait, wait, when she didn't drop out. When yeah, she, she didn't, didn't drop, drop out, out either. Because she said, well, what if someone kills Obama? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no. 
okay, let's talk about her book now because like okay, people, people, the, 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 you've seen like screen caps of this, like excerpts of the book are being released, and the thing that people are glomming onto is that she, you know, in her own words, I'm assuming, or the words of a ghostwriter, is using this book to exonerate herself and blame everyone else for what happened in the 2016 election and the things that people are picking up mostly on is her blaming Bernie Sanders for in her words you know paving the you know laying the foundation for Donald's crooked Hillary campaign it wasn't her entire career being incredibly corrupt but it's yeah, not what, like, what was it called when he went to his fucking wedding but yeah. but like and then she she uh yeah uh, she she mentions the fact that he stayed in the race and like when a time when she should have been like been when she should have been uniting progressives, mm-hmm. she did the exact same thing to Obama in two thousand eight and held out to the very bitter end. Uh, still attacking him, by the way. She and threatened, she threatened to fucking walk away with her delegates if he didn't make her secretary of state, and she paid him back by turning Libya into the fucking caliphate. <sighs> you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, it, it's incredible. And uh, uh, Virgil, you, you, in the other day, when uh, what's his name? Judd Legume. Yeah, Judd Peanut. Judd Peanut, who was like, you know, you, you said that everyone who surrounds Clinton is a spectacular failure and moron. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. And, and, oh and, yeah. And he piped up to say, hey, they're all different people, buddy. <laughs> and you're, your point is, well, they're all spectacularly moronic in different ways. But then, like, uh, you know, uh, was it Crushing Board and Libby Watson were yeah. both like, you were Hillary's research director. Uh, like her comms, which I totally forgot about. Director I had no idea. Like, uh, like, did you come up with the Obama and Muslim? Right, and he said, and Judd Peanut said, uh, no, of course not. We didn't do that. It was not, not something from the campaign. And Libby, I believe, said, uh, wait, so Blumenthal is a uh, member of the campaign. And Peanut replied with, uh, I'm going in a tunnel right now. <laughs> <laughs> my my monocle fell out. I got to get it out of the okay, sewer. Okay, and one of the one of the ver- verified facts the other day was Bernie Sanders and his voters directly were responsible. for for putting Donald Trump in the White House because 13% of them voted for Trump in the general. 25% of Hillary's voters voted for McCain in 08, and Obama still won in a landslide. And 13 rather, rather staggering yeah. that he won in such a landslide. Yeah, he won it. So that, I mean, that didn't hurt Obama then because uh, no. maybe he campaigned in the right fucking states. Um, also... No, I mean, you know, ra- racism at, hurt Obama, but yeah. he still won I, by a large margin. Racism hurt Obama, as, a, as uh, I'm sure sexism and misogyny hurt Hillary course, Clinton you know, hurt on Hillary, some level. But. Yeah, and, and uh, prejudice against cool guys hurt Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he still won. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, let, let, me, let, me, let me go to this book now, because Matt alluded to it earlier where she's, uh, she's talking about Facebook memes. So th- this, this does go to her, the point that she is something of a... Okay, so this is... The mean part is so funny, because it's just like, that's how idiots think. Idiots think uh, and things like this. uh, Okay, this 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 is from Hillary's book. She says... Jake Sullivan, my top policy advisor, told me it reminded him... He's also him of- probably a really competent, smart guy. Really <laughs> genius. Uh, he said, with his head stuck in a pickle jar. <laughs> <laughs> my top policy advisor told me it reminded him of a scene from the 1998 movie, There's Something About Mary. He's referring to the fact that uh, the, Bernie was to her left on every policy issue, mm-hmm. but which she regards as unfair... Yeah. Or cheating in some way, or like he's like he's lying. She's like, well, we agreed on everything, just the specifics. And so he goes, having um, policies is cheating. A, a deranged hitchhiker says he's come up with a brilliant plan. Instead of the famous eight-minute abs exercise routine, he's going to market seven-minute ads. Mm-hmm. It's the same, just quicker. Then the driver, played by Ben Stiller, says, "Well, why not six-minute abs?" 
That's what it was like in policy debates with Bernie. We would propose a bold infrastructure investment plan or an ambitious new apprenticeship program. Apprenticeship program. An apprenticeship program. program. Bernie was wanted to do a free state college tuition. And she's like, we are so the same. He was offering free college. I was offering an apprenticeship program. Picture this. And if you like, like your blacksmith, this. you could keep them. <laughs> yeah. In picture this internships, but we're we're gonna call them apprenticeships. No, but he says on and issue free co- and free tuition if you became an entrepreneur. On issue after issue, it was like he kept proposing four minute abs or even a no minute abs, magic abs. Someone sent me a <sighs> Facebook post that summed Fuck up the dynamic you. in which we were caught. Here's the Facebook meme: Bernie, I think America should get a pony. Hillary, how will you pay for the pony? Where will the pony come from? How will you get Congress to agree to the pony? Bernie, Hillary thinks America doesn't deserve a pony. Bernie supporters, Hillary hates ponies. Hillary, actually, I love ponies. Bernie supporters, she changed her positions on ponies. Which Hillary? Hashtag which Hillary? Headline, which spelled W-I-T-C-H. Headline, Hillary refuses to give every American a pony. Debate moderator, Hillary, how do you feel when people say you lie about ponies? So yeah, this is the Bernie. Ratio. Bernie, duh, duh, I'm 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 crazy. I think that uh, <laughs> you know uh, uh, everything should be free, but also everyone should give me money for some reason. Here, I, here's another section that I think is is more substantial in terms of like how Hillary thinks about herself politically and and this. Split well, one in thing the we do know from the other one is is that she thinks that healthcare, which literally is the difference between life and death for millions of Americans, is like a pony, like a fun little yeah. a fun indulgence for your uh, a spoiled brat kid. Right. So, so here's what she says. She says, but because we agreed on so much, Bernie couldn't make an argument against me in this area on policy, so he had to resort to innuendo and impugning my character. Some of his supporters, the so-called Bernie bros, took to harassing my supporters online. It got ugly and more than a little sexist. When I finally challenged Bernie during a debate to name a single time I changed position or a vote because of financial contribution, he couldn't come up with anything. Nonetheless, his attacks caused lasting damage, making it harder to unify progressives in the general election and paving the way for Trump's crooked Hillary campaign. I don't know if, it, if that bothered Bernie or not. He certainly shared my horror at the thought of Donald Trump becoming president, and I appreciated that he campaigned for me in the general election. But he isn't a Democrat. That's not a smear. That's what he says. He didn't get into the race to make sure a Democrat won the White House. He got in to disrupt the Democratic Party. Hmm. How about a Democrat probably won't win the White House unless the party gets disrupted? But he goes, she says, we were, he was right that Democrats needed to strengthen our focus on working families and that there's always a danger of our insane campaign finance system. He also engaged... He also engaged a lot of young people in the political process for the first time, which is extremely important. But I think he was fundamentally wrong about the Democratic Party. So he's saying that, like, she in no way was her votes or, or behavior influenced by financial contribution, but our campaign finance system is insane and dangerous. And so- no young people are ever joining. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but also everything's fine. So she No, is- well, her campaign did just destroy the long-standing democratic critique of the campaign finance system because she would say we need to get a constitutional amendment to end citizens united and then the next breath she'd say i didn't change any of my opinions because of any uh any any money i got well then why do you need to do that but but what's wrong with citizens united then but i took all that money from wall street to help them rebuild after after 9-11 Holy shit. Well, how the fuck could you say that out loud? How could she say any of this out loud? It's like, 
if any normal person ran that campaign for two years and said all those things and looked back and saw themselves see it, say that, they would just fucking go away forever. But this Mike. asshole doesn't want to just leave us alone. She's plopping her shitty fucking book on the world and her dumb fuck kid. We can't get rid of them. I don't want to really litigate the 2016 primaries. It's the boringest topic. It'll never end. It'll never end. gives a shit? Who fucking cares? It doesn't mean anything. Hillary is a fucking fossil. She has no influence. But holy shit. If this whole thing is anything more than her just trying to like uh, predetermine predetermine what her gravestone is going to look like, if she's actually trying to remain a relevant force in politics, then this is incredibly dangerous because her whole thing is just poisonous and just creepily cult-like and incre- and totally disconnected from anybody's actual needs well, of, or the the, uh, the needs or, or aspirations of regular people. It's all just a personal vendetta against everyone who ever stopped her and, from what she thought to be her birthright. And because she's never been consistent on anything for more than a fucking 18-month period, her, like, the small band of people who really really love her and will hang on her every word that means that they're not loyal to any policy and then when she finally just dies of fucking rickets they're not going to go forward with any policy agenda because if she dropped dead how would they say they're carrying on her legacy what policy uh you people say identity politics what identity politics did she do except for like maybe once or twice be like you know beyonce is great tweet that She didn't fucking believe in anything. Everyone points to her fucking website where it's like, oh, you could read 500 pages about how she wanted to, uh, you know, cut out interest payments for student loans if means-tested students would breakdance for her. But (laughs) or have a $12 minimum wage in some states and a $15 minimum wage in others. But that's not what those people liked about her. They just liked her fucking grievance-based fucking existence well well, building off something matt said what's staggering here is like you know her whole book uh well at least the excerpts we've seen are blaming various people for her loss yet the the excerpt that you just read that rather insinuates that bernie sanders wanted her to lose or work towards it indicates to me that she doesn't actually understand why she lost uh and of course her supporters you know the dead enders don't understand exactly why she lost, which is why she would, you know, blame somebody who endorsed her at the convention stage and campaigned for her. Right. And, and for the, actually, you made a, I, th- I thought a very good point about this the other day, where, where you, you were discussing these excerpts from the book, and you were like, "Well, of course, you know, Hillary's justifications here are somewhat cynical and self-serving, as you would expect them to be. However, I don't think we should make the mistake of believing that they're completely insincere. Yeah. I think they. I think she does sincerely believe these things, and I think you like as you, as you, I think you pointed out, Virgil. It's it, like it makes sense that she believes that there isn't really a difference between her politically and Bernie Sanders because she, Clinton's their entire career are like, you know, third way technocratic sort of, uh, they believe in the meritocracy and they believe that wealthy people's outsized influence on our politics and and government is essentially earned and and makes sense in some way. And that perhaps, you know, when people critique that, uh, they mean, oh, you're talking about Citizens United, you're talking about uh, super PACs and things like that. You don't, you aren't referring to the very prosaic fundamental matter of, you know, this is how power in our society is organized and, like uh, that's just like and, one of a, a various menu of and policies and when she talks about how you know bernie made it seem like he was corrupt she 
elides like you know the the real. I don't think as you pointed this out as well, Virgil. I don't think Bernie ever said. Uh, you changed your position because Goldman Sachs gave you money. Well, that's how right. she wanted she, to frame like, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because he's making the obvious argument, the argument that underlines the democratic critique of the current system that if you get money from these these organizations and from these interests, it's going to influence your decisions. Not, I'm going to vote yes, and then somebody brings a big bag with yeah. a dollar sign on it and gives it to you, uh, you know, in the fucking Lincoln Memorial, like in that Simpsons episode, and then the next day you're like, I'm against it now. It's not... I mean, the she Jefferson framed it that Memorial. way so that she could have a got you. What? It was the Jefferson Memorial. No. Well, uh, yeah, it was. Shit. Because <laughs> she went to the Lincoln Memorial, but it, there were too many people, so then she went to the Jefferson Memorial. Uh, no, wait a minute. No, it was for the monument for the suffragette, the bucket suffragette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, headline in, in Politico in a pretty well-reported article today, Democrats dread Hillary's book tour. Now, <laughs> to this point that Matt was making about what she'll do as a persistent figure in politics generally. I guess this is almost good news because Democrats, including people who worked on her campaign, are terrified of her picking the scabs of the 2016 election and putting the entire country through this relatively self-centered debate about how she was screwed over and she wasn't given a fair shot and blah, blah, blah. Alums of her Brooklyn headquarters, I'm quoting from Politico, who were miserable even when they thought she was winning, tend to <laughs> greet the topic with, oh God, I can't handle it, and quote unquote, the final torture. Um, <laughs> a new NBC poll shows her approval rating is at 30%, the, low, <laughs> the lowest ever recorded for her. <laughs> so she's going, she's going on book tour as she is... He, reaching new heights of unpopularity. Literally less popular than Sarah Palin. Yeah. And she's starting in New York and going all across the country until December. So this is something... And you got Democratic reps going on record saying, I think this is a mistake. I wish she would stop talking about basically just period. Um, and there is a collective groan. Uh, this uh, representative, Jared Huffman in California, said, whenever there's another news cycle about this. So she might actually alienate... The party Inshallah. itself. Oh my God, dude! Yeah. This book tour is going to be like Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Huma, you have given Huma rickets. Uh, Peter, Peter is going hunting. <laughs> Half of those people are going to die by the time Rob, they reach Robbie California. Robbie has died of cholera. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie is like. Um, according to the data, I think that we can um, go by these rapids. <laughs> the, oxen, the oxen die and Peter just gets up in front. Peter screams at the oxen, you failed her! <laughs> There's no way they're getting like, that wagon across that, the that, river. That's a funny end. thing because, like I said, she's blaming Bernie Sanders and like this, this sliver of the electorate the that Bernie voted for Jill Stein or whatever when... when, when all of that Science was sign sickos. When all of that is like the same kind of stupid uh, critique that it's it's uh, oh people who wanted something else it's their fault or whatever. But if she had written this book and just correctly identified the problem as coming from inside the house and saying, oh yeah, you know what, Bill was right. Robbie Mook is a gigantic dumb fuck. I should have trusted any of these people. I'm sorry I let you down. But she's wrong. But the thing is, she doesn't think she did anything wrong, and not just in terms of hiring. I, I think if you got her a couple, if you got a couple of Chablis in her, she'd probably admit that Robbie Mook was a bad pick. But like things, for example, the email thing. In her mind, that's Comey's fault. It's not her fault for doing the thing that caused it 
which she didn't have to do. Nobody made her do a stupid email. Who cares about the stupid thing? But it was she was somebody who had a reputation for dishonesty and all this stuff. She had all this baggage, and she decides, no, I'm not going to put my emails in the government server. That was a choice she made. But in her mind, it's Comey's fault for investigating it. And just like, is it her fault that she went and got a bunch of money from Goldman Sachs to give a speech where she said, you know what? We're all in this together, guys. Wink, wink. No, it's Bernie Sanders' fault for pointing it out. Yeah, she can never, she's not capable of apologizing for something or contradicting herself. Remember how she refused pointedly to ever own up and say that her vote for the Iraq war yeah. was a mistake in 2008. Nope. And it, it probably did. Her. She probably would have become president in 2008 yeah, like that if she had done what John race. Edwards did. And the real, the only daylight between them was, was the, the Iraq, Iraq war, war yeah. which parenthetically, and I'm sure she's another thing she probably thinks of when she's sitting in front of the roaring fire with the air conditioner blasting, Nixon reference, uh, <laughs> is that if Obama had been in the, in, in, in the Senate in 2003, he would have voted to go to the war in Iraq. Right. My, Absolutely, would have. I don't know if he would. No, he would have. I, I don't know. know. I can't tell. I don't know. I mean, Obama was a weird case because you know when he was state senator in Illinois, he like visited Palestine, but also like he probably would have released like some statement that agonized over it, where he was like he ultimately voted for it because he respects process. Something. Yeah. I, I, if I, I if I could get in the ultimate I don't know. universe, I machine. legitimately don't know. I mean, he was against it, but it's different to be against it. It's different to be against it when you're, you know, the senator from Hyde Park. Yeah, the state senator from Hyde Park than to be an actual senator. Well, so I mean, who knows? It's not exactly. But he didn't go into Syria. He wasn't as hawkish as yeah. like Hillary. It's not exactly. Is, he wasn't exactly like a mar- measurably less hawkish than her for the Iraq War. I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It's just the 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 politics, the post nine eleven politics. If he wanted to run for president in two thousand he definitely would have voted. Yeah, he would have. That's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's because the politics of that moment were so insane and frenzied yeah. and xenophobic and martial yeah. that everyone was terrified of getting out of lockstep with that. The only guy who ran against the Iraq War in 2004 was Howard Dean, who hadn't Howard been Dean. in the Senate. Howard Dean, who now, who oh, now has, right. Howard Dean, who now spends all his time screaming at people on Twitter on behalf of Merck and MEK. Yeah, Amazing. he's a fun guy. Well, the house what a still, fucking well, the house Almost still... like the Democratic Party is just a separating asshole of awful corruption, and well, the... no one should ever put any faith in it. Well, even the, well, the House also voted on the war authorization. Kucinich voted against it. Though I'm not sure if Dick Gephardt did or not. I, w- I would guess oh, I he think voted he did. for it. Yeah. But yeah, like going back to this idea that I think Hillary sincerely thinks that there isn't any real political difference between her and Bernie and that like Bernie capitalized on that by attacking her personally. Yeah. And, like, and I, also I think, that like his, 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 uh, dif- the differences that existed were just petty one upsmanship. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they, like the, the four minute yeah. abs thing, like yeah. in her mind that there is no difference. Like I said, between, uh, universal college education at a state, at, for, at state universities and, a, ch- a charter apprenticeship yeah. coding app yeah, or something. Like, <laughs> or like yeah. the difference between getting a free education full stop and spending four years like in the basement of Google like handcrafting apps. By the way, Dick Gephardt did vote for the Iraq. He did? Resolution. Okay. Uh, so, you know, this... Now, the article that, you know, Brendan shared with us uh, just goes to show how most Democrats have figured out uh, how badly they fucked up in 2016 and they now acknowledge the absolute danger of having your party uh, become idiomatically identified with a single human being who happens to be the most uh, (laughs) the least like woman in the country Uh, 
so they're going to have this book tour and like we're all going to fucking see all the dumb shit from the book tour. She's probably going to say things that are aggravating. And the right wing is going to love this because they have absolutely nothing to support the MAGA chuds that are coming out of Washington. So it's going to give them something to holler at. Uh, what both, I'm trying to picture is, holler. do you think that these events, you know, across the country, these book tour events will be protested by the Proud Boys? I could see some like pencil neck dipshit drinking a milk yeah, across yeah. the street or like, from the or, Barnes or trying, and Noble. Or, or, or I could trying, see that happening. Or trying to get her to sign Baked Alaska's book instead yeah. of hers. Well, by that time, though, like Baked Alaska will be making rap songs for her. <laughs> yeah, that's we true. We love our Hillary. <laughs> the bros took her and pilloried. <laughs> <laughs> she fell down but got up again. Uh, the, the girls are coming with the hen. Oh God! I'm gonna say put the odds at fifty fifty of seeing a proud boy well, uh, in a the, maga the thing hat, is they really shirtless do, and being wrestled by well, secret they really service for trying to they, throw uh, a pint of milk on Chelsea. Oh, they do, do love doing they do love doing the Bill Clinton is a rapist thing mm-hmm. and to trigger lips. It's true, yeah. I mean, it is, that's a funny thing. It's true, but so I could definitely see there's gonna be more than one Periscope of some millennial Matt style shithead waiting in line just starts to yell Bill Clinton's a rapist until they make him leave. That'll happen, yeah. guaranteed. I'm, I'm intrigued by Virgil asking what, what might happen like during the tour itself, uh, but it, it reminds me just as a little uh, uh, love that memory moment when Bernie was doing his book. Do you remember when that guy came up to him in line and was like, yeah. can, can you make your book out to capitalism? Yeah. And oh, he right. goes, no, no, no. <laughs> but then he, he hangs over and he's like, well, I, I, here's that. How, how, how can a socialist? And, this is my, and he, goes, he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I usually make them out to people or uh, uh, individuals. <laughs> and he's like, but, but can you make it out to capitalism just for me? And he goes, yeah, sure, okay. And he just <laughs> and he's right, like he's not bothered at all. Yeah, I, I I mean that guy Bernie fucked that guy because he was uh relying on that being a viral hit with yeah, like yeah. Fa- uh, Fox News grandpas and using the monetization to pay for his uh degree in club CEO entrepreneurship. They're gonna call me based book signing guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Bernie Bernie was just like, Yeah, I don't give a shit. And like the only people that remember it are us. I don't know. I mean like basically we're going to be doomed to keep talking about this for the foreseeable future. Oh, Christ. You know, like, we're, we're never going to escape it. Like, the 2016 primary is just going to keep going on and on oh, and on Jesus. because there, there's nowhere, like, there's no resolution. There's nowhere for all of this energy to yeah, go. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's only getting more, it's only getting more nasty and, and more, no, you don't I think so? I, I think that their, their backs are going to break at one point under the sheer political necessity of change. And that, yeah. that could be in 10 years. I hope it's not that long. Oh, God. But, I mean, they will break and they will admit what they all know, which is that they will die if they do not change. And I don't think we should wait for them to do it. No, no, not at all. They should be fucking putting in the hours they want to not fucking kiss the Democrats' ass, but in fact force them through political action to recognize this I mean, stuff. it's and already working. Break. It's already yeah. working. Like, I, like Kamala Harris coming out for yeah. single payer. Like everyone who isn't in the Hillary cargo cult, they're gener- They're uh, Elizabeth coming. Warren just endorsed Bernie Sanders' uh, Medicare for All bill yeah. uh, today as well. Um, but, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I guess... When you know the winds are shifting a little bit, but I just want to go back to something I said a little bit earlier, which is I think for like these, like okay, was it the third way think tank just came out with a a new study this week that were basically by study they mean they commissioned a focus group by one of those crooked companies that will basically I'm sure just give you whatever result. I mean it's like the Poochie thing, you know, like it, it, focus groups and the focus group they were like warning Democrats. Stay away from left-wing populism if you want to, you know, get, they're like, you know, Democrats should become the party of jobs instead. And I really think, I mean, like, this is all, 
very self-serving and dishonest. I mean, like they, they're they're trying to save themselves because they are right. They're essentially right wing in their outlook, and they they don't support left wing economics or populism politically. But what I think is interesting about this is I really think that like we're coming face to face with this and like the excitement in terms of young people or small donor base that something like the Sanders campaign or as we've mentioned before, Corbyn in the UK has been able to marshal. I really think that they all look at that like it's cheating. I said I said this earlier, but I want I want to come back. I think I think they they're like they're so inherently conservative in their worldview that they're like, well, sure, I could run for president if I just promised everyone a pony. Like as you said, Matt, like that's the way. Like you said, like they that's the way they think about things like like universal healthcare yeah. is like a treat. That like you just promise a recalcitrant child, yeah. and like when they see someone speaking in like sort of starkly moral terms about that the, the, this is what we need, not not just what we need, this is what we must demand of the society we live in, or using let's say humor effectively to make a political point because they are essentially craven and unlikable and humorless people. I think they, like I said, they view this all as cheating and they're like, we're playing on legendary mode while you noobs are just using the game shark to just cheese everything. Well, that is that is the origin of the word demagoguery as a pejorative and because they are so, uh, they view anything that's outside the acceptable DC realm of discourse as uh, inciting dangerous popular passions from the thoughtless Because masses. they will never, ever happen. So ask, so promising them is irresponsible. And it's why... Because it will never, ever happen. And that gets down Fuck to... Fuck you, vote for me. I've actually uh, shout out a friend of the show, Jacob Bacharach, who yesterday I thought had a very, uh, very prescient vision of the future, where, which is Trump passes the debt ceiling, resigns, and then runs against Hillary in the Democratic primary in 2020 and wins. I know wins. who we're working for. I know who our big <laughs> guest in 2019 and 2020 is. Uh, how long have we gone here? Hour 15. You guys want to do Jonah Goldberg goes to eat Domino's Pizza? Sure. Can yeah, I let's take a piss first. Yeah, no. sure. Thank you. You need to piss on. Well, that's what they're paying the Patreon dollars for, to hear you piss. Mm, to hear it hit the porcelain. $75 a month tier. You get to hear the por- hit the porcelain. <laughs> I call him Sign Stickos. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this. I do. I could eat. Right. Definitely good. I'm gonna edit this tonight, but where y'all wanna go? Let's order something. I'll order something. Sure. Order. Or, you wanna order something and start and work on writing? Yeah, here? yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Let's do that. I think each of us should get a treat upon the completion of the book. And my thing was a large television in the office Would that I could order? game on. But like you, you have your own apartment now, Virgil. Why don't you just get your large gaming TV in your apartment? Two TVs is better than one. <laughs> well, what would well? It's for everyone. So, what would all of you want? I would play Halo, maybe. Yeah, it would be fun to have Office Halo, and we yeah. could get an N sixty four popcorn machine. Um, you want a popcorn Mario machine? Kart, there you go. Mario oh, Mario. Kart. That's true. I would. We I would fuck with some group Mario Kart and a big Golden Eye Donkey Kong. Will, what would you want? What would your like uh, expensive like office, office treat when we finish the amenity? Book? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it right. I'm gonna use the correct pronunciation. The expensive piece of office furniture I want is a Sibian that we can make <laughs> guests sit on and ride. Yeah, good. I don't want to. I don't want to be a. Uh, no, I guess I am. It's in. in, in this would be my answer, uh, my real answer. And uh, fuck a you. Bookshelf. No. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's uh, just as pretentious in a different way. <laughs> a bar. 
like oh. a nice like sidebar. Hey, that sounds like, nice. With like or some... like a, a night, like a bar cart. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, with oh, the bottle. Oh, we could get one of those. Like one of those globes that yes. open up and it has a big like tumbler oh, yes. of brandy inside oh, it. Yes, I just want to. I, I just want to like. I want to like while oh, we're while incredible. we're writing or something. I want to do the Don Draper and go to the sidebar and like do a mixed drink. Yeah, that's what I want to do. That's I want to make cocktails. Right. Great idea, Felix. If, if we're already gonna have the TV, I want an espresso. <laughs> well, I like a good cup of coffee. <laughs> You guys can enjoy. I thought your, you were going to say a PS4. Your gay Italian. Well, no, I, mean, I guess I, 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 I thought like, a PS4 would come part and parcel with the TV. Well, like, well a, real, no, a really good espresso machine would be fun. Oh, yeah, like it, my mom has P- an espresso. It's so fucking cool. And when you is an espresso the one that Andy Garcia endorses? Yeah, sure. Okay. One of those guys. Uh, <laughs> Devito. He's in the Nespresso commercial. Oh, oh, okay, yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, Brendan, what was yours? Um, fuck. A Zoltar machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. What if we got, like, a hot dog roller? (laughs) 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 Wait, wait, wait. Let's... I hope Amber says a sarcophagus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a a full suit of medieval armor. (laughs) Can we get get an Olmec Indian head, like in The Simpsons? (laughs) Uh, Senior Extapalapa kettle. Cut to us six months later, and the office is overflowing with all of this huge chintzy bullshit. It's just it's popcorn, gonna like Billy, house on the rock. caramel cornhole. There, there's like four bi- the Billy Big Mouth Basses are just <laughs> in his there's, like there's a Victorian carousel horse just <laughs> leaning against the wall. We're all smoking from the same hookah. You're <laughs> swirling around a bunch of drinks like Neil Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great this idea. Be great. I can't wait. I know we're spending D- Dateline, our- Dateline, October 2017. Tropo Mansion up a cell. This stately Xanadu <laughs> is being auctioned off. Where did these boys live? <laughs> Who was Charles Foster Benneker? Uh, so that's two weeks in a row I've done a Citizen Kane Will, joke. Will, Will dying. <laughs> Snow globe falls out of his hands. Go fefe. It was fucking nice out. <laughs> Charles Foster Crank. Charles Foster Crank. It's good. Um, can we actually just as an office immunity pay to have Dan McLaughlin, the baseball crank, just be in the office? He's the bartender, like in The Shining. Virgil, do his voice. Do his voice. What will it be, Mr. Chrisman? <laughs> oh. oh, I love the hair of the dog that bit me, Dan. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh God, I miss that voice. <sighs> okay, so to close things out today, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a small reading series. Uh, this is a, this is a deep cut from a. From 2010, and uh, this reading series was um, uh, born of a conversation we were having uh, last Friday. Uh, we had we all had a dinner together to celebrate Matt moving to the city, and of course we started talking about um, different fast food restaurants, which ones were good, which ones were bad. There was, uh, I think, general consensus, a little bit of disagreement, but yeah. I think we know what our, what the top tier is. Yeah, um, and then, but then also like uh, fast food chain advertising campaigns of yore. You know, like mm-hmm. a, a bygone days of certain fast food advertising campaigns. And it reminded me of uh, how not too long ago, a Domino's Pizza did a series of ads where, like, the Domino's CEO was like, hey, folks, we've listened to you, and we know our pizza sucks. We'll do better. And it was this whole, like, admission of corporate guilt and then, like, and then uh, the pledge to you, the customer, that our pizzas are going to be good again. 
You know, which is like, I don't even know why Domino's is trying to even pretend that they have good pizza. Like, it's just, it's the pizza you order at two in the morning, folks. It'll come to your house in a half an hour. Hey, folks, we no longer are owned by a psychotic Catholic weirdo. (laughs) Hey, this is an aside, but did you know that the Noid campaign ended because an insane guy named Noid killed uh, Sean What? He shot up a... He He took hostages at an Atlanta area Domino's because he thought the Noid was about him. And he actually ate one of the pizzas, and then he killed himself. Okay, that's well, that, where the, where the fuck? What the fuck? That's why don't dude, where dude. is care for that? Okay, <laughs> you know, people always like when nine eleven happens, they're like, you know, let's not have this reflect on Islam. But no one says anything for the Noid. It's true. <laughs> he didn't do that shit. He's not accountable for. The I do think that the Noid man. never should have gone away. Well, av- he must be avoided. That's the whole well, thing. Here's the thing. It's that. It would it would be kind of funny though if they brought the Noid back and then it found out that he was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's like a super super league of fast food spokesman pedophiles. Wait a second, I bet at least. Wait a second, Domino's Pizza. The Domino's Pizza CEO apologized that their like crust was a little bit cardboardy. Has the Subway CEO nope. ever apologized nope. for their? And they cover as we talked about <laughs> earlier. They covered that shit up. They that's covered up allegations nah, against uh, Fogel. Proof of Fogel's innocence. But <laughs> it's like, uh, you know. He's just like Father Maciel in Opus Dei. The guy, well, he never officially apologized for Fogel's quote unquote <laughs> actions because, you know, what is there to apologize? I'm sorry the government framed our guy. <laughs> I'm sorry that Barack Obama was jealous of Fogel's charisma and sway and had his crooked Justice Department lock well, him up. NSA, NSA, ta- uh, NSA surveillance had revealed that Fogel was going to endorse Trump. Yeah. And yeah. so they needed to liquidate, neutralize. Fogel I'm, was going to speak at CPAC. Yeah. And they I wonder if uh, there were people in the country who never watched the news, so had no idea that Fogel was arrested, but like watched, you know, all the commercials and saw him in all these commercials, and then he then he disappeared, and there was no explanation, the, and just got confused. What happened to the, like, like it's what a soap opera or something. Nerd. There was a hoagie nerd, and now he's not, <laughs> not on TV anymore. And there was no no resolution to that plot line. Yeah. Did he get fat annoyed. again? Was that, that, that was a decision by David Chase. That's how the Noid people felt because the Noid was just off TV one day. I guarantee and they were you, really I invested in the Noid. Guarantee you, someone in corporate was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hear me out here. We don't have to retire the Noid. We'll do a thirty-minute special, a healing special, hosted by the Noid, <laughs> called Come to the Noid.' <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's no longer to be avoided. <laughs> don't avoid the Noid. I embrace, like embrace how, the Noid. That's how. That's how enter I, the Noid. I feel like the best guest Jack into off the Noid. Jack into the I, Noid. I feel like I'm gaslighting myself here because now I just feel. Even though I don't have no in evidence of it happening, I feel like Donald Trump has said he invented the noise. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Donald Trump has some unspecific grievance against the noise that he's been telling his generals. The noise <laughs> treated me very badly for many years. The he noise. was always meddling with my pizzas. I would get a pizza and it would be it would be I was so annoyed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that where they got his name from? <laughs> I was so annoyed by the pizzas that he would ruin. Dad, Dad, I talked to General Kelly, and he said that it was a fictional TV advertisement character. <laughs> you can't you can't do a signature drone strike against the Noid. God, can you imagine anyone oh, hating man. our show? <laughs> yeah. Can you That's imagine funny. anyone listening to this shit and being like, their the power the is growing. Party, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their power to subvert American democracy and bring down the Democratic Party <laughs> is metastasizing. 
What a fucking stupid show. <laughs> Holy shit. They're like, yo, that 20 minutes about the Noid, it was actually about fucking... Uh, th- we were doing racism. Yeah, we were doing <laughs> racism. The Noid is, the is Noid. code. <laughs> we're, we're marginalizing the Noid. The real, so, N- we're in, we're, the real <laughs> N-word is the Noid. <laughs> <laughs> the, noid the Noid... Triple parentheses, the Noid. The Noid, the noid and his supporters have been invisibilized and harassed in the media. Even if the Noid was in a 90% disapproval rating, I would be proud to stand with him. The Noid, I'll tell you though, the Noid was not there on 9-11 at the World Trade Center. Someone told the Noid There were no pizzas ruined on 9-11. Holy shit, what a stupid show. I don't know how I don't know how the actual the dumbest show ever. I don't even know how the uh, actual reading series is going to top that, that Noid riff we just. Said. <laughs> but uh, the point was that uh, in, in this conversation. <laughs> We should wrap it up. We should it's like how I'm going to have to cut probably about 15 yeah. minutes of the uh, political analysis to make room for the noise. <laughs> yeah, gotta have that. No, noise just, the noise stays. Yeah, the noise and the discussion about what office furniture we're going to get stays. <laughs> Uh, we, we should, we should wrap it up though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess the Domino's Pizza thing didn't really bang, so we can cut that if we want to. But we could we could just talk about the Noid. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously, obviously, Noid, Noid back up, baby. Noid stays. <laughs> All right, guys. Noid stays in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Bye-bye. Cheers.